welcome to everybody that is um, first time joined Dynamic Web Church. I know you're going to be blessed. I know you're going to be touched by the message of God's unconditional love, mercy and grace. You know, I'm so excited about Grace Dream Television. I'm so excited about preaching this gospel of grace and to share the word that I've got in my heart with you today because last night um, or yesterday, the whole day basically, I made a study of uh, why is faith needed? You know, why must we believe? And it was a big question in my heart and in the hearts of many people is, why is faith needed? If Adam came and he did everything wrong and nobody had to believe to enter into death, they were basically just forced into it. Why couldn't we be forced into righteousness by Jesus Christ and without faith be saved? Now, there's some people that believe it's that way, but it's not that way because there's so many scriptures in the Bible that says um, that we, we should have faith. And, man, I've, I've looked on the internet, I've listened to messages, I just couldn't get an answer. And yesterday, I, I believe that the Lord has revealed to me why it is like that. And I want to just share that with people. I believe this is really going to be such... It, it is, it's so needed for the grace churches. Because there can be such a deception concerning this thing. So I am excited about this. I'm going to share this with you and I know it's going to impact your life. Amen. If you have, if you have um, joined here for the first time, you're welcome. All those web church members that joined, thank you so much for doing that. And uh, man, it is good to see that people are online watching this right now. Now, I've also seen that many people watch this in the archive or in the on-demand part of this and much more than normally. So, I know that this is growing and touching the lives of people. Right, I want to go over to just sharing a little bit about healing. And uh, I felt in my heart that I will do this every Sunday and just share for five minutes or ten minutes on healing so that people can really experience the supernatural power of God. You know, when I was in hospital with this operation I had, I just felt such a compassion for the sick again. Because to be in hospital is not nice. To be sick is not nice. To be in a place where you're dependent upon the goodness of others to help you is not nice. We want healing. We want to be healed. And Jesus Christ made it possible for us to be healed. Right, in Acts chapter 10, um, we're going to read from Acts chapter 10 and verse verse 37. Let's read from verse 36. It says, The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, He is Lord of all. That word, I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee, after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. So what it says, there was a word that was preached, and this word, word was peace by Jesus Christ. Now, um, in those days, people believed in peace by the law of Moses. They believed in peace by obedience to rules and regulations and commandments and all those type of things. And that is not what, um, what was preached concerning Jesus. That was what they believed. But what was preached was, listen, there's a new way by which you can have peace. And that is through Jesus Christ. And that was the word that was preached. And that word that was preached, it says, you know, and that was how God went about doing good, or Jesus went about doing good healing, all that were oppressed of the devil. 
Now there's many types of oppression um, from Satan. There's an oppression from Satan that can be depression. Just feeling depressed, negative. You know, always negative. Never, doesn't matter what you, uh, um, you go through. It's, you're always negative. Doesn't matter what people say to you. Like I said last night to somebody, a friend of mine, I said, listen, you know that it doesn't help friends, people can never get you to the place where you must be. There's only one way of getting there and that is a revelation of the goodness of God and hearing that word enough so that persuasion can come to your heart so that power of, the, of, of what has happened, that reality of Christ can start to manifest. There's no other way. So many times our eyes is, somebody must say something good to me so that I can feel better. Now somebody can say something good and it might help you to feel better for that time. But the answer is not people going to you all the time trying to lift you up, trying to build you up, you know. It's the same with, with sickness and, and, and uh, disease and those type of things, you know. If, you, if you've got sickness, it's good if somebody come and pray for you and lay hands on you and like what I do now, minister this word to you so that you can receive healing. But the best is to walk in the revelation of what God has done for you, you know, and then experience that healing. Now, I want to say this, and this is a very important thing when it comes to healing. We can never measure our spirituality on the basis of, are we getting healed or not? You can never measure your righteousness on the foundation of, am I healed or am I not healed? That is not the foundation from where we um, build our relationship with God, because He came to preach peace through Jesus Christ. So many times healing was actually robbing people from peace through Jesus Christ. When, because when the name of Jesus Christ came and he, this whole healing teaching came and people started to feel condemned because they don't, they're not healed and what have they done wrong? They are not healed. Right. Um, so we, I want to just say this. Jesus Christ came and He healed all that were oppressed of the devil. So if you're oppressed of Satan, you know, in any form, be it financially, be it with sickness, disease, whatever. You know, I've got good news for you. There's healing for you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to just quickly go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 and verse 9. It says, And... And into whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. So, what it says here is, go into every city and heal the sick, and tell them the kingdom of God has come close to you. So, what happens when somebody gets healed? The kingdom of God is coming close to him. He's experiencing the kingdom of God. So, the kingdom of God is the rulership of Jesus Christ. And God clearly said that we should go, preachers of the gospel should go and heal all that are oppressed of the devil. We must go and heal the sick and tell them this is the manifestation of the kingdom of God. And that kingdom will return in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there will be total rulership of that kingdom on this planet. And all that is evil will be removed. So, believe now and take part in this right now. So, I want to tell you that God has given power to people in the name of Jesus. In other words, all authority has been given to Jesus and when we are in Christ, we function in His authority. Let me tell you something, all authority has not been given to preachers or people. 
So many times we think that all authority has now been given to us and now I've got all authority. Now listen, if you've got all authority, cast all the devils off the planet. Let me see. You don't have all authority. Jesus Christ has got all authority and in that authority He said, listen, all authority has been given to Jesus. Go and preach this now. Go ye now into all the world and preach the gospel. What gospel? The good news that all authority belongs to a man, Jesus Christ. And that when you believe in Him, you are taking part of His rulership and His kingdom for He can now rule over you with His love and His mercy and His grace. And that's what we do. And in that He also said that He's given us the Holy Spirit and power to heal the sick. Now, if, you, if all authority has been given unto you, just speak a word and create 20 planets, let me see. You know, <laughs> you don't have all authority. We've got authority over sickness and disease and, and those type of things, and that's what God has given us. But you don't have the authority to decide right now you're never going to die and never going to have any gray hair and never going to uh, just live forever. Do that. There's no man on this planet that can do that. That means that we don't have to live under this burden that says, well, all authority is now ours, and because we can't manifest everything, there's now something wrong with us. No, all authority has been given to Jesus. From that platform, He said to us, out of that power and the fact that He is a ruler, He's given us the Holy Spirit to go and heal the sick, to go and help people. So yes, we walk in the authority of Christ. That's why we say, in the name of Jesus be healed. It's like when Peter came and he said to the man that was sick, he, he, he took him by the hand, he says, rise and be healed. He says, I bring you healing. And after the person was healed, he said, let it be known unto you, this was not out of our own godliness or own power that we could do this, but let it be known unto you that in the name of Jesus Christ, this man was healed. Amen. And that just puts the focus on Christ and what He's done, and who He is in us, and when that power flows, it flows out of the fullness of the Godhead that indwells Jesus bodily, and we have got that fullness right now. Amen. And out of that fullness is given unto us. Go and do this. Let me give you an example. I can have a bank account full of money, and out of that fullness, I give my son 200 rand, and I say, go and buy us some food. So, it's the same thing. Out of the fullness of God that we are in, we indwell, the fullness of God indwells us. And out of that He said, take this and go and heal the sick. And then we go and we heal the sick. Amen. So, there's power right now. There's authority right now to see that sick people can be healed. And the Bible clearly says that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, healing came to us. And the wonderful thing that is also declared in the Word of God is that that healing is for us for today. It's not something that will manifest only in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ like immortality and those type of things. But it's something that you can have right now, today, for it is God's will for you. Amen. And it's also one of the tools that God has given preachers and ministers of the gospel to go about and to see, uh, to, to show people the kingdom of God manifested. To say this is a confirmation of what happened upon the cross, that by His stripes healing came. And to 
ultimately tell people that this is also a manifestation of the promise that says, in the return of the Lord, we will have immortality and live forever and never die. And be like God in our human flesh. That is how Jesus Christ is today. So, I don't want to confuse you with all of this, but I just want to say this. There was people in Jesus' time that were sick and Jesus healed them. Then the apostles received power to go and do what? To go and heal the sick and preach the gospel. And that preaching of the gospel or that healing of the sick was for two reasons. Number one, to see the sick man healed. And number two, which is equal to the first one, because of or as a manifestation of the truth about what Jesus Christ has done upon the cross for all of us. So if you've got any sickness in your body, I've got good news for you. There's healing today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And as I preach right now, and as this broadcast goes, goes out all over the world live, or even if you watch this, um, an hour after, after the service has ended in the on-demand part, it doesn't matter. The truth is the same. That's why there's no time in God's kingdom. There's no time because the foundation from where we function is a truth. It is what has happened in Jesus That's where we function from. So I want to say this to you, and I want to say it clear today. There's healing for you right now. Whenever you watch this, even before you've watched this, even a a day before you've watched this, there's always been healing for you. And faith is a consciousness of what we do have, a persuasion of what we do have, which sees the manifestation of reality in our lives today. And I want to tell you the truth about your sickness is that you have been healed already in Jesus Christ. The truth is you are already healed in Jesus Christ. Maybe, but you might say, but I don't see any of, the, any of this. But as you are persuaded about this, you'll find a manifestation of that. Amen. And then God also gave gifts, hallelujah, unto men. And that is that people can come even if you don't have any faith and by their faith see you healed. Amen. So, I want to say it this way. Jesus Christ, by His faith, He worked the healing for you. And by the faith that's in your heart, you have access into that healing that He brought by His faith. If it wasn't for Jesus, I want to say it this way. Your faith would never be big enough to be healed. Because by your faith, you cannot manifest any healing in your body. The faith of Jesus Christ brought the healing. And now we believe that His faith was big enough to heal us and that we are already healed on the cross because His faith was big enough to heal all of mankind upon the cross. So we don't trust in our faith. True faith is resting in the fact that the faith of Jesus Christ is big enough to give it to us. And that works with finances, that that works with everything. And let me tell you something to get a little bit into what I'm going to preach about faith today. That is your godliness, man. That is who you are. That is an attribute of God to believe. Your animals can't believe. But we've been made in the image of God. That's why it's natural for us to believe. If you don't have the ability to believe, you're not like God. For God believes and functions out of faith. We're going to look at, a, look at that um, later on when we get into the, to the, the teaching part today. But if you've got any sickness in your body, I want to just say this. I want to agree with you right now. I want to just stretch forth my hand to you, and even if, even as just as a as a uh, uh, a point of contact or just something that can help your faith in in the natural. You don't have to do it, 
but if this is going to help you, you do that. You stretch your hand also towards the screen of your computer. Lay your hands on my hand and we just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus and we agree for healing over your body. And if you've received any healing or a touch from the Lord, I would love to hear from you. You can just type it in on the, um, on the chat there or email us at uh, live at dynamicministries.com do that, we would love to hear from you. If you've got any, uh, you know, if we've prayed for you and you still feel, man, you need somebody to just agree with you again, do that. You know, write to us. We would love to do that for you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, as I stretch forth my hands towards the people that watch this broadcast right now, I just say you are healed, you are touched, you are absolutely made whole in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I come right now and I bring healing over migraine headaches. I bring healing over back problems, knee problems, hip problems, anything wrong with intestines, stomach problems, um, liver problems, heart problems, lungs, every type of cancer. I rebuke you and I say, you are healed in the mighty name of Jesus and by the stripes of Jesus Christ, you've got no right to be in this body for this body now became the temple of God. In Jesus' mighty name, I declare you healed. What I would like you to do is just just like that, just close your eyes and listen to my voice. Don't try to receive this. Rest your mind in the fact that when Jesus rose from the dead, He received all health. And you are in Christ. And just let that reality be in your mind. Meditate upon that. See yourself as in Christ. When see how He rose out of the grave and as He came out of that death, He came into perfect health and you are with Him. Say these words, I am resurrected with Christ. Therefore, I have already received my healing. Amen. Well, hallelujah. I would love to hear from you. If there's any prayer requests, so um, send it to us. If you've received your healing, it would be wonderful to hear from you. Amen. Now, um, before we go into the worship, I want to just share something in short on finances. And You might say, Bertie, but why do you every time... Um, share on finances, you know, when, when you preach. Is, is that needed? Um, you know, it's like the one preacher said, he said, uh, who of you needs healing? Put up your hand. And in the congregation, say five people put up their hand. And then he says, who of you, um, you know, is in need of emotional healing? Put up your hand. Another ten would put up their hand. Then he says, who needs more money? You know, and everybody puts up their hand. So, um, the Bible says we cannot serve God and money. And money is something that is so real to us. That's why I believe that I also spend five or ten minutes always teaching the grace perspective on finances, not trying to manipulate people to get money for the ministry, but to teach them the truth about the Word of God so that we can walk in the true liberty that Jesus Christ has given us. Now, in Malachi chapter 3, we're going to look at Malachi. Before we read, I want you, maybe you're a first-time viewer of this, you haven't watched any of my, or listened to any of my money teachings, you must know that Malachi is a prophet. Now, what does a prophet do? A prophet prophesies. Now, a prophetic word must come to fulfillment in order for it to pass away. Now, the Bible says in Matthew 5.17 that 
the law and the prophets has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So the prophetic word of Malachi has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Now what was the prophetic word in Malachi? Now let's go and read this. If you go and you read from uh, chapter 3 verse 1, you will see that um, what he was talking about here is that the priest does not bring the offering in the right way before, before God. And um, that they were actually robbing God for they, they didn't bring tithes, you know, and they didn't do it the law way in which it was supposed to be done. Under the law there was laid down a form of righteousness of which the grace message or the testifies of the grace message. The Bible says that when we're in grace, what happens? We confirm the law. What is the, why does grace confirm the law? It doesn't implement the law, it just confirms the law. The law stands for righteousness. So the law says, thou shalt be righteous. And this is holiness and you must be holy. And then when you're under grace, you became righteous. And that's what the law confirms. And the law says, yes, you are righteous. I, I confirm this now. So, um, it's not by the works of the law that we're righteous. But what the law stands for, righteousness, is what is deposited to us because of Jesus Christ. So, Jesus came to fulfill the law. Now, if tithing was not part of the Old Testament system and the law, Jesus couldn't do something about our finances. Now, Jesus just went out all the way. I believe that in, when, he, when He lived on this planet, He obeyed the law, He did tithe. Um, otherwise, He would have been robbing God and He would have been sinning. It was a sin not to tithe in the, in, in, in the Old Testament time. You had to tithe. If you didn't tithe, you would be robbing God and you would be under a curse. Now, do you think that Jesus was robbing the Father? And, you know, he didn't lust after women and he, and, and he didn't steal any other money and he was true in his business deals and everything. But when it came to the Father, you know, he robbed God. No, he didn't do that. I believe he obeyed every law that there was um, to, to be obeyed. All the laws. He did all of that. Now, um, and, and he even did things when he didn't have to do it. You can go and read that. He said, you know, um, actually, if you read the writings of Jesus, he said that I'm higher than the Sabbath. You know, but he still did the things that was supposed to be done on the Sabbath. He obeyed all those types and shadows and rules and all those type of things. And what happened here was the tithing was just something that became a law. Even after Abraham gave, then it was written into the law. It became a law. And then it said, you shall tithe to be blessed. So Jesus did that. And did that on behalf of man. But in Malachi 3, um, it speaks of tithing and that Jesus Christ actually came and, and fulfilled that law for us. So you don't have to tithe in order to prosper. When you see any law in the Bible, know this, that Jesus Christ obeyed that. And all the blessings that comes with the obedience of that law is what, um, what comes our way when we believe in Jesus. The moment you start to believe in Jesus Christ and you can rest your mind because you've got all the facts together, you are persuaded of what He's done and you find that resting of the mind, you'll find the manifestation of all of those um, things that, that that the blessings that comes through obedience and Jesus Christ obeyed on our behalf. Okay, so that is when it comes to finances. So don't think that you must tithe in order to be blessed. Giving is something that flows out of the heart of a believer that is rested, that's rested his mind in what God has done and rested his mind in the fact that God is a provider and somebody that really cares and somebody that really walks in that absolute peace and love towards, um, t- t- towards people. So, 
When it comes to your finances, don't be manipulated. Know this one thing. doesn't matter what the economy of the world says. One thing you can know for sure is that God gives you the ability to be content and He meets all your needs in Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to go over to worship now. And I would like you just to listen to this. The, one of the songs is a very beautiful song. And just read the scriptures that comes onto the song. And I want to thank Piet for sending that to, to us. Um, just read that and, and enjoy that worship. God's love is just portrayed through that song. Amen. Let's enjoy this. Yeah, worship is wonderful. And especially the songs that Peter sent to us there really touched my heart. You know, when I listened to them yesterday. It is just, especially the first song, man, it just blesses, blesses me. And just to think that the splendor of God, how awesome He is, and all the scriptures that flows with it, is just such a wonderful way of the renewal of the mind. And uh, maybe you can go into the archive and just um, watch that again. And I just want to bring it under your attention. If you don't, um, if, if we've taken off the on-demand part, it's always available in dynamicministries.com under Sunday Archives. So you can still get it over there a month from now or a year from now, whenever. Okay, let's go to Romans chapter 5 and get into the word that I've got for today. Romans 5.19 Let's read from verse 17. It says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon uh, men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So, what it says here is it says that one man, Adam, brought sin into the world. And one man, Jesus Christ, brought righteousness into the world. Now, the thing that I've got in my heart is actually in Romans chapter 3. And chapter 3 and 4 is all about this. Um, it says here, you know, when Adam, when Adam sinned, the whole world was dumped in sin, not willingly. You know, the Bible says, death even reigned over those that has not sinned in the similitude of Adam's sin. Um, let's just see if I can read that there. Uh, it says here in, 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 in chapter 5, Romans chapter 5 from verse 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, for until, now it says here that death has, pa has passed upon all men, for all have sinned. It's not because of the sin that you've died. It's because that sin was placed upon you, that death came upon you. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned of the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. So, what happens here? Adam did not, there were people after Adam that did not sin in the similitude of Adam's transgression. They did not do what Adam did, you know, but they were still seen as sinners and death reigned over them. So, even if they did not do the, um, the right thing, they were still dying. Still, still, sin still reigned over them because of one transgression of Adam. But when Jesus Christ comes and He lives righteous, uh, uh, 
on our behalf and he lives a holy life, you will find that the Bible is full of it that everybody is not going to go to heaven. And that there will be people that's going to go to hell. It's in the Bible. Why? And how does that work? How can Adam just dump everybody into unrighteousness? But Jesus Christ cannot enforce that righteousness upon everybody so that everybody will be saved even without having faith. Now let's look at some scriptures in Romans chapter 3. And I'm just going to go through this slowly. I'm not going to rush this and we're going to just look at some scriptures. We've clearly seen there that through the obedience of one, many shall be made righteous. Now you can go and read five, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 5. It says, He was made sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. In other words, He, wa- he was made sin so that righteousness can, could come to everybody and then after righteousness has come upon everybody, then we are now justified. Then we receive that righteousness. And how does that work? And I must be honest, that was very, very difficult thing for me to, to answer and um, to think about. What I knew was that faith was the power out of it. But like Elena and I spoke many times, we said, why must we believe? Why this faith thing? Because faith is as if God sits in heaven and then He looks at people and He says, well, we're going to see if they trust me. You know? And all of a sudden, faith becomes this law, something that I must do in order to get something from God. Which it is not like that. Um, it's, faith is something different. It's, it's actually a persuasion. We, we, will, we will just get deep into that. But we get with this thing, God must now look out of heaven. Oh, well, he doesn't have enough faith. Oh, yeah, yeah no, he can't, can't be saved. You know? Yeah, he's got enough faith. Well, let's, yeah, you can, yeah, I just made it. Allow him. You know? And that just brings a wrong picture of God. And when I started to look at faith, and I started to look where faith comes from, and why faith is needed, and why faith flows out of the heart of a man. It, it, beca- it made sense. And we're just going to look at that. But I want to just bring this perspective and lay the foundation of how much faith is needed. Because you must know one thing for sure. In that, that is, without faith, you are not pleasing unto God. Without faith, no man is pleasing unto God. Without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to be saved. Romans chapter 3, and we're going to read uh, from verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. So in other words, there's a righteousness of God that is revealed in us, which is by the faith of Jesus Christ, and that is unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. So what he's talking about there's no difference is, there's no difference between a Jew and a Greek. It's upon everybody that believes. So there's no difference between a Jew and a Gentile. If you believe, then the righteousness of God is upon you. But listen to the phrasing of, of this, um, this verse. It says, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, so it's unto the whole world, and upon all that believe. So, righteousness, the righteousness that came by Jesus Christ is unto all, but it's not upon all, that, uh, um, it's not upon all, but it's only upon those that believe. And Jesus Christ gave wonderful parables about that. It's like 
the, um, the banqueting feast that there was. He invited people to the marriage and, the, uh, um, and to this feast he had. Jesus gave this parable. And then he sent people out and said, listen, go and tell the people to come. Everything is already prepared. So it was unto all people that were invited. Unto everyone. And then one said, well, I'm busy. The other one said, well, I'm, I, I bought an ox. The other one said, I've just gotten married. And they just lived a normal life. And then he said, go to the people in the streets and invite them to come. And then they came. So, I want to say this. <clears throat> There's a mentality that, that is in the church that says, everybody is saved, they just don't know it. That would be saying, you are at the banqueting feast, smelling the, the food, and you're at the feast, and you just don't know you're at the feast. There's a difference. Everybody's not at the feast. They're busy with their own stuff. They're busy with their own works. And then he says, come to the place where it's for free. It is unto all. And everybody's invited. But then there's a thing that must happen. You must go there. <clears throat> if you don't go there, you will not have part, of, part in it. It's like the lost sheep. The lost sheep wasn't lost because, and, and he was in the stall just thinking. Well, you know, not, not knowing he's there. No, no, he was lost. He was gone. And he was in a place where it was very dangerous and he could have died. So, what Jesus Christ has done is unto all of man. But it's upon all that believe. So, it might sound as if, you know, what Adam did was actually more powerful than what Jesus Christ did because man didn't have to believe to, uh, to get into sin, but now we must now work up belief to get into righteousness. Now, we're going to get into that, but let's just read another verse there. John chapter 3, verse 17. John chapter 3, verse 17. We can also go to, let, before we go there, just go to Romans 4, quickly. Listen to what it says here. It says, For if Abraham were justified by works, he had whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that works not, uh, to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So, who is justified? The man that believes. The man that believes. Without faith it's impossible. So, um, we must realize this, that belief and faith is a very, very vital, it is so important to know that without faith there is no salvation. And that's why Jesus Christ said, go and make disciples of all men, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why uh, Paul wrote and he said, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And then it says, how will they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe if they have not heard? And how will they hear? if there's not a preacher that preaches the gospel to them. And I know that, and I want to just say one thing, and that is that as we hear this message of grace, we'll find an empowering force that will compel us to preach the gospel and share the gospel. And as I studied this last night, I just realized, man, we need to share the gospel. When I came back last night, um, we, we went to people, I came back as I drove into the driveway, I just said one thing, I said, Lord God, Use me to spread this gospel all over the world. 
People need to hear this gospel. Let me be on every television station. Let us have books in every bookshop. Let us have tracts all over the world. People need to hear this message. For how will people be saved if they have not heard? Now, I do believe that God speaks to people in dreams and in visions and in their hearts and with emotions and feelings. But when they hear the word, there's, there's a resonance between them and, and the word that is preached. And they say, yes, this is the truth. And the, it's like the sheep, you know, will hear no other voice. But when they hear the truth, they will say, yes, that's it. So, but we need to preach the gospel. Now, I don't want to say that, that as a law and say, oh, you know, you must now preach. But I want to say this. Everything you do concerning the spreading of the gospel, whatever involvement you have in that man, bless God, know that is the working of God in your life. John chapter 3, verse 17. It says, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. Sorry, that's the wrong one. Verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So who will not perish, but have everlasting life? Those that believe in Jesus. Now if we want to, if you want to argue with that, burn the Bible. And say, I, I want another God. But that is the way it is. Amen. Now, let's go and look at, at at the, the beginning, how God made man. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. So, man, there is so many scriptures. You know, I haven't read them all. There are just so many. And I'm not going to read all of them that I've written down here. But there's so many scriptures that says, you must believe to be saved. You must believe to be saved. Without faith, there's no salvation. Romans 5 verse 1. By faith, we've got access into grace. He um, says that he's the justifier of everyone that believes. Scripture like that. He's the justifier of those that believe. So, um, without faith there's no salvation. I want to tell you this. Never come to the place where, you just, where you've got this mentality that says, well, the whole world is already saved. That's not true theology. That's not right doctrine. Maybe today's teaching is more of a, more of a, a doctrinal, theological type of a study. But I, I think this must... This, this is foundational and it must be clear in the body of Christ because as people study the message of grace I've seen people fall into the deception of thinking that the whole world is saved why then preach the gospel why share the gospel of Jesus Christ what a waste of time why did Jesus why was Jesus in error when he said go and make disciples there you know why was Jesus in error when he said that whosoever believes in his name shall be saved why was Jesus in error when he said to people, you cannot hear my word, for my word is not in you? you know, and he was trying to share that word with them. Why was Jesus crying when he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I wanted to gather you? You know, if everybody's now saved, why is he crying? You know, why? Well, hallelujah, everybody's saved. Why spread the gospel? Why was John the Baptist even preaching, prepare the way, f- the, the way for the Lord, that people should believe on Jesus? So, and, and you know, the other day, um, two days ago, it was awesome, or it was now yesterday, I, uh, on YouTube I commented uh, on uh, a clip where there was a debate between Christians and Muslims. And I just said, you know, that when I was in school, I didn't really believe in, in, um, in Jesus Christ in the sense of what I'm believing in Him now. I didn't really understand the Gospel. I knew the difference between the Old and the New Testament, and I don't know if this Bible's got that, but was um, 
Let's see if this Bible's got that. The difference between the Old and New Testament, this one doesn't have it, is a page. Now, this one says New Testament. You know, that's, that's the difference. There's a white page that says New Testament. And that's, that was the, the, the depth of my understanding of the covenants. That's what, that was my depth of understanding of salvation. I didn't understand salvation. You know, so, um, and, and you know, you would get into all types of meditation and thinking and pondering, and I wonder if this is not better, I wonder if that's not better. And, um, but when I, and I, what I wrote in this comment, as I said, the difference that I found between Christianity and all other religions is that with Christianity, it is God saving man by obeying all the commandments that was given to man to obey in order to be blessed. Where all other faiths depends on your own ability. <clears throat> and uh, another guy commented, he said, Yeah, you know, um, which is a Muslim guy, of course. And he said, Yes, but you must re- remember that Christianity was actually um, taken from an old Egyptian faith. And uh, I went onto the internet and I ancient Egyptian religion and I, and I studied that. And it's true. Um, w- you will see that they've got a faith there where, the, where they had a God with another name now called Father, and then Holy Spirit, and Son. And um, it wasn't reality, it was a, a, a belief that they had. It was a, an allegory. It was like a parable that they told and said, this is how God is, you know, and His Son will have a divine birth, and all those type of things, just like in Christianity. And I wrote back to the guy, I said, thank you so much for sending this to me, because this just makes it makes Christianity so much better. Because God even spoke to the other faiths in such a way to spread the gospel so that when Jesus would come, that people could believe in Him. And then I took on the internet, you can go on the internet and say, um, Jesus in the Quran. And you will say that the Quran prophesied that Jesus would be raised from the dead. You know, and, and the Quran preaches the gospel. So even in the Quran you can find the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that when Jesus would come, you know, or when the gospel would be preached, that the people, even the, uh, uh, that believe in, in Muhammad and all that, can also see, but there's some sense in this, and they can also believe. And in many other faiths, I went to Canada, and I spoke to a, a friend of mine that's a native Indian. And he's, he, in their belief, they also believe in God, the Father, Mother, and Son, that would come to the earth and save man. Now, where did they get that? I believe God spoke that. So that when they hear the gospel, and people can be wise enough that preaches the gospel to make use of what those people believe and share the gospel with it, like Paul went to this one city and there was this God that was um, the unknown God. And he says, let me tell you about this. They made a statue of the unknown God. And he says, this statue of the unknown God, let me tell you about this unknown God. So that people can come and spread the gospel in all, amongst all religions, so that they can see the truth of Jesus Christ and believe. So that they can be saved. Amen. Because without belief, belief there is no salvation. Um, so, how did God make man? You know, the Bible says in Romans, oh, not Romans, Genesis 2 verse 7, it says here, um, oh, sorry, 1. I think it's 127. Let me see where I wrote that down. But God said, He says, Let us make man. 
in our image. Now, when I read that, I, I just believe that such a revelation came to my heart. Because if we want to look at how we function as people, we need to look at God. And if we look at Adam, the way Adam functioned before he fell, you also understand God. For Adam was made exactly like God. And God said, let us make man. Now, you're not going to say, let us make man, unless you've got faith in your heart. Let me give you a good example. It's like I say to Helena, let's go on holiday. Now, for me to utter those words, everything I've said there is founded on a persuasion that's in my heart. I'm persuaded that we've got enough money. I'm persuaded that we, we, we can travel there. We've got a car to do that with. I'm persuaded that there's a place to stay. I'm persuaded that all the needs are met. That's why I say, let's go on holiday. So that statement was made on a foundation of a persuasion that I have, which is founded in facts. In other words, you can go to the bank and take a bank statement. The fact is, I've got, say, 20,000 rand in the bank. And um, the other fact is, my car is in a good condition. The other fact is, we've got a place to stay on the other side. I'm sure there will be a hotel or there will be a, a, a place where we can stay. And the other fact is that um, I, I, I've got, my kids is not in school right now, so it's holiday season, so we can go. And then out of that, I say, let's go on holiday. In the same way, God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So it was based on a persuasion. And for you to understand faith, you must really take the word faith and replace it with the word persuasion, because that is really what the word faith means. It is a persuasion because of an argument. So, when you come to the place and you want to understand why must we believe? Why must we, must, why must we have faith? What's wrong with God? Why couldn't He be just done everything and without faith we can be saved? Why couldn't He just save us now properly? The thing is, <laughs> the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross was so perfect that it completely redeemed every part of man that got lost in Adam. And what got lost in Adam was the fact that we could believe something. And he redeemed that so that we could be in the very image of God and in the likeness of God so that we can believe again. Because the believe machine didn't work anymore. And I'm going to prove that to you from Scripture. So, what happened? God made man in his likeness and in his image. When He made man in His likeness, in His image, He made him to function the way He is. And that is to function from the foundation of faith. So, when God, the Bible says, God called those things that be not as though they were. That is one of the things God does. He, he sees something um, inside Him. He knows who He is and out of that He speaks. He looks at reality, what is real, and out of that He, he speaks. And he creates. He says, let us make a planet. The way, well, the Bible says in the beginning was the earth. So the earth was there already. And then God said, let us, let there be light. And there was light. Why did God say, let there be light? If he didn't know that he already possesses the thing inside him to, to, to speak and say, let there be light. Faith. Faith is not something you do to get God to do something. Faith is a persuasion of what you've got. That is faith. 
Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And what is the Word of God? That we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So what is, so when I look at all the facts, Jesus became, God became a human being. His name was Jesus or Joshua. He obeyed all the law. He died on our behalf. He was resurrected in human flesh. In human flesh, He's seated at the right hand of the Father, representing man. If you look at those facts and that argument, you'll find a persuasion coming into your heart of what you already have. That is faith. Faith is not hoping something's going to happen. Faith has got basically nothing to do with the future. It's got everything to do with the past. And then, uh, uh, belief is the resting of the mind that is there because of this persuasion that came because of the argument which is based on the facts that happened in Jesus Christ. And then hope is towards the future. That says, out of all of this, out of the facts, the persuasion and the belief, there is an expectation that arises in my heart for something towards the future. So, through faith, through the persuasion of what has happened, we've got access into grace, the Bible says. Now, when God made man, He made him in His image and that's the way God functions. The reason why God gave His Son for man was based on a persuasion. He was persuaded of His own love for people. He was persuaded of their value and their worth. That's why He gave His Son. So everything that God did, He did out of the persuasion of all the facts that is already inside Him. And I want to tell you this, (laughs) you live like that every day. You've been living like that all all your life. That's how people live. The only thing that happened in Adam is we couldn't believe unto righteousness for there was nothing to believe. It only manifested, it was a hidden truth that manifested in Jesus Christ. And then could people believe. Go and make a study of the word faith. You will see the word faith, believe and believed. The past tense. Take all those three words together and in Esau say, search all those words. And you'll find there's only 42 words in the Old Testament. And that is the word faith. That includes the word faith. The word faith is only used twice in the, in the Old Testament. Um, and then believe and believed is used 40 times. In the New Testament, the word faith, believe and believed is used 400 and I think it's 415 times. Because in Christ, belief and faith to believe something was restored so that man could function the way he was created to function. Because in Adam, that was stolen from us. And I'm going to look at that now, more in depth. So, believing is not something that you must do to get saved. It is a function, it, it is something that has been restored to man that we can do, and that is the ability that God has given man to take truth that is spiritual and manifest it in the physical. It is like eating. You know, I can give you all the food, but if I haven't provided you a mouth, you're going to die of hunger. So, what God did was, 
man in the Old Testament couldn't believe anything for there was no promise made to man. There was prophetic words and stuff and it was all in allegories. People didn't see it. It was difficult for them to understand. But in Jesus Christ everything became very, very clear. And when it became clear and that word came out, that belief machine was activated, the spiritual mouth was opened so that we could partake of Christ and eat of Him which is belief. And look at Adam and Eve. God said to them, I give you authority, stay, in, stay on this earth, rule over this earth. Don't eat of that tree of knowledge of good and evil. You know what happened there? He gave them knowledge. He says, listen, this is the fact. If you eat of this, you're going to die. If you eat of the tree of life, you will live forever and never die. Then what did they do? They believed Satan. And when they believed Satan, they, they dumped themselves into a system that says, I am not justified by what I believe. I am not on the foundation of, I am convinced of these facts and these facts that I am righteous because the Spirit of God indwells me. All of those facts were removed. And they were placed in a system of works that people could not believe anything. Now you might say, Bertie, that's far-fetched. Now listen to me. When Adam (coughs) sinned, his sin was on behalf of all of man. And what he dumped man into is the system that says, I will be like God, in other words, righteous, by what? By these facts. If I do everything right and have knowledge of all that's right and do everything right, then I'll be like God. Is there room for faith? There is room for faith, but the only thing you can believe is, if I do everything right, then I'll be like God. That's all you can believe. And that's what I want to just say, 99,999% people all over the world believe. If I do everything right, it will go well with me. If I'm just pure in heart, God will see my heart, then I'm, it will go well with me. And that is the belief system of the law. Then Jesus Christ came and restored that. And said, listen, let me give people something to believe. The first thing that God did was, and He already showed prophetically, and it was done in faith in what He would do in Jesus Christ. He slaughtered an animal and clothed Adam and Eve. Covered their sins with the blood of an animal, speaking of Jesus Christ, it will wash, wash away our sins. And he went on, he took them out of the garden of Eden, so they could not eat of the tree of life, and forever be in the state of death. Then he came in Jesus Christ, and he manifested truth. You, you must remember, faith is not something that you, um, well, as a man believes in his heart, so will he be. Well, I believe now, I'm an alien, you know, And I'm going to get one big eye in the middle of my head. For that's what I believe now is going to happen to me. (laughs) Faith is something that is based on truth. Faith, you, you cannot have true faith if there's not substance for that faith. Faith is a persuasion of something that is real. That's why it's only two things that you can believe. In the Old Testament, you could believe that by your works you will be justified and that's all you could believe. In the New Testament, all you can believe, really believe, is that by Jesus Christ the world is justified and if you don't partake of that, then you won't have that life. That's all you can believe. 
So what Jesus Christ did was, He said, or what God did, I make man in my image, in my likeness. I make him a person that functions from the system in his heart that is called faith. That's how I make him. That's how he functions. Satan came and says, well, let me get him into believing something wrong that dumps him into a place where he doesn't function by faith but by works. That's why everybody... You see, what what Satan did was, he took away, in Adam, he took away what we could believe. For he got the representative of man to decide and say that it will be a law system. And to to explain that to you, to, to get all confusion out of your mind. Imagine Jesus Christ tempted by Satan in the desert. All of a sudden, he fell for the temptation. Do you know what? You wouldn't have to believe. There's nothing to believe. There's nothing to believe. What will you want to believe concerning salvation and Jesus Christ? There's nothing to believe. You can't believe. There's just nothing. He, he, he sinned. He fell on behalf of all of man. And because he fell on behalf of all of man, it means that Jesus Christ is under a law system and that by faith you cannot be saved and the only way you will be saved is by that law system. So there is no faith. So the law system is what was preached and that's what what people lived by. That's why, um, you know, when Adam sinned, everybody was dumped into sin. If Jesus Christ sinned, even if you believed or not believed, you would have been part of a law system. But when Jesus Christ obeyed, what happened was He restored you to your, to, He restored man to the formal, formal glory, if I want to put it that way, to the place where He could believe unto, He could believe in who God is in Him and function in such a way. So now man has to believe. Or let me put it this way. Now man can be himself again. Faith is the most powerful... Let me tell you. The reason why God made man to function that way is because it's one of the most powerful forces that there is in this world. If you believe something in all your heart, if you believe it, if it's faith in your heart, it will go above... It, it, will, it will... If I believe in my heart that somebody needs to hear the gospel to be preached, you know what? It will supersede my fear for poverty. Because faith is a power that takes what is real in your life and manifests that and brings forth the nature of God inside you. And that's the way God has made, that's the way God functions, that's the way He made you to function. There was just nothing to believe under the Old Testament because Adam robbed us from, or Satan actually robbed us from the fact that we could say we function by believing I am in the image of God. By saying, I, can't, I don't believe I'm in the image of God. I must become. And the representative of man did that. Now, if Adam didn't do that, but one of his sons did that, you know what would have happened? Only his son would have been in distress. But not all of, all of man. You know, he would have felt death in his life. He would have felt going backwards in his life and all, and all those things. But not all of us. But in Jesus, in Adam, it was for everybody. It was just as good as what Jesus would have sinned. And dumped everybody. There would be no salvation for man. But Jesus Christ obeyed. He lived holy. He lived righteous. So why must we believe? It's not we must believe. Is thank God we can believe now. 
for, the, for true restoration is to bring man to the place where he can function like God. And the way you function like God is by hearing the word of God. I give you dominion over all the earth. Rule over it. But don't partake of the law. Adam, what did he have to do? He had to believe God. That's how God made him. For God believed in Adam. God believed in himself. He believed that he has got the righteousness. He's got the power to create and make this and make it successful. Therefore, he created it and spoke from that platform. That is the way God functions. So, the, the, what is faith? Faith is faith has got this attribute. It is a persuasion of facts that's in the heart of a person that causes what you persuade of to flow into your life and to drive your life. That is what faith really is. And if we don't, if, if, if we are saved without faith, it was half a salvation by Jesus Christ. Because how do we believe? then we are like animals. Do you know my dog doesn't believe? We've got a nice bird here in the house. That bird doesn't believe anything. doesn't believe. It just functions by information. For now. That's it. doesn't believe anything. can't believe. What makes us godly is the fact that we can have faith. And if we say that we are now in, we are saved without faith, I want to say it this way. Then you say that what, what Adam got right was to dump us into a law system and Jesus Christ could only restore us to the level of an animal. We're not animals. We are in the image of God. And the way Adam, uh, the, way Adam the way Satan did it in Adam was to take away what, what, what we could believe. Man always had the ability to believe. But there was nothing to believe. The only man that had something to believe was called Abram. For there was made a promise to him and God preached the gospel to him saying to him that you, you, uh, I'll multiply you greatly and I will bless you. And when he believed that, it was counted to him for righteousness for he believed the gospel. So without having something to believe, there's nothing. People believe all the time. We believe all the time. It's not a new thing to man. Everything you do, you function out of faith. Now you say, why must we believe to be saved? It's like saying, why should we eat to live? It's because we've been made that way. God made man that way, to function through faith. So when man, the only thing was, there was just nothing to believe. God then gave man something to believe, which was, it's not by your works. Jesus Christ came, He died, He rose again, obeyed on your behalf. And when you believe that, that natural thing that's already in man, when you believe that, you find that the machine that's inside man, if I can put it that way, it's called a converter, it takes that truth and reality that's in the spirit and converts it into material, physical, normal life and you experience peace. That's it. So, why did Adam dump anybody, everybody into sin, but now we must believe and even without believing... The people in the Old Testament were in sin. Let me put it this way. It's very easy. Adam took away what we could believe and gave people something else to believe. And what they believed was by their works they justified. Even if they did not sin in the same similitude. In other words, you know, they were not eating of that tree. Their belief system. They were, they were not in a place. What could they believe? 
They didn't go now and partake of the law. They just said, well, you know, Adam did this thing now. It was wrong. They were taken out of the Garden of Eden. They couldn't partake of, of that anymore. Adam did it on behalf of people. He was just, there was Abel. He was just doing his sacrifices, doing everything right. You know, there came Cain, killed him, murdered him. You know, he was a good guy, but he still died. Why? Because he implemented on behalf of everybody and took away what people could believe. So they couldn't believe in anything, for there was nothing to believe in. It was prophetically. It still had to happen. But God was merciful and forgave all the sins of all the people before that time. And when Jesus Christ came, now we've got something to believe in again. Hallelujah. And we can have this natural function towards the gospel. But we can't live naturally towards God if we have not heard this gospel so that we can believe it. So, don't think that God is funny saying, well, if you don't believe this now, now I'm upset, I'm going to send you to hell. Jesus Christ said, and let's go to that, um, to that scripture. I hope I wrote it down here. I think I did. In Genesis chapter 3, let's, let's go to this. So, now the serpent was more subtle than any of the beasts, beasts that were... Um, any of the beasts of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Has God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat thereof, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, deceiving her, for God did not, for God does know, in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. In other words, they will be their own gods, that's the Hebrew word there, gods themselves, and the foundation will be knowing good and evil, and not the Holy Spirit, not a faith system. So what did Adam come to do? He, 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 he said, well, I'm not going to function, I'm going to implement a system that says, is not by our faith. I'm going to implement a system that says it's by knowledge of good and evil I'll be like God. The system that they were part of was I believe God. I believe the, the fact that God has made me in His very image. I believe the fact that if I eat of that tree I will die. I'm not, I'm not going to eat of that. You know, you, you're persuaded of, of those facts. That's how Adam functioned. That, that, that's how God functions. He believed, he, he had to believe in God. And God, let me tell you something, God communicated with Adam on a daily basis. The Bible says he came in the cool of the day and walked and talked with Adam. So it wasn't like he left Adam over there. No, no, he was continually discussing, speaking, talking to Adam, sharing, you know, and then he, he, he had to believe in God. It, I, I don't want to say he had to believe in God. He believed in God. But then he heard a different word. And the different word he heard, he allowed into his heart. And then he, got, he, he, he yielded to that word. And by his faith, he brought into existence a system and created the system into the life of man that says, it's not by faith, but by your works. So, Everybody that was born after that was in the works system. So what Jesus Christ came is He came and He restored man and redeemed man from the slavery that says, I am part of a law system and I can't do anything about it and gave them their freedom back to believe again. Like Adam was. You can now believe in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or you can believe in the, in, in, in the tree of life. You can believe it. 
you have been restored to that place where it was in the garden, where you are made from the dust of the earth, the breath of life of God comes, He blows into you, and you can now believe. I believe God's Word comes, His Spirit comes, it speaks to people all over the world, and now they're at the place where they can say, well, I believe and I'm going to partake of the tree of life, or I'm going to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's how God recreated everything. And that's why faith is back into existence again, because the system of faith was taken away in Adam. Now, <clears throat> the moment we, we come to the place where we say, well, I, I, can, I, I can believe, and you start to believe, you will find that that manifestation is there. Now, how do I believe? Or, or how do I... How did Adam... Sorry. How did Adam and Eve eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? They believed what, what, uh, what Satan said. That's the way they eat. John chapter 6 verse 51. Just listen to this. This is awesome. John chapter 6 verse 51. What does Jesus say? He says here clearly, I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread of life that comes down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which come down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give thee is my flesh and I will give, listen, which I will give for the life of the world. So what must we eat? We must eat the flesh of Jesus Christ. Now, how do we eat the flesh of Jesus Christ? By having communion. No, no. <laughs> you can have communion and be cursed, the Bible says. Because what determines if you eat the communion is your discernment, the belief with which you eat it. So, how did Adam and Eve, they, they were people that functioned by faith. That's why the, the, they could partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the way God designed man to partake of things was by belief and, or by faith. So, faith is being persuaded of something. God designed man to be persuaded and out of that persuasion to live. So, Adam and Eve listened to the devil long enough and then they got persuaded that it looked good for food, it looked desirable to make one wise and then they partook of it and died. As God said, because God's truth is the real truth. Satan just deceived them and made the death look like life. And then he implemented a system that says, well, um, you are now... And I mean, that is one of the most powerful things that, that, that Satan could do, and that is to take away man's ability to believe, because you take away all of man's function. You kill man that way. You are robbing him from being in the form of God. Because all of a sudden it is by your works, by human efforts, and not by belief in something. You know, so God was there, God was still merciful, God was still gracious and all of those things, but then God had to come and do physical things on this earth so that man could believe it. You know, so there will be a, a portal or a hole or a door unto salvation again. Believing something. Well, what are we believing? We believe that God made man righteous through the obedience of Jesus Christ on our behalf. God came into this law system and Jesus Christ believed the Father Okay, that he was the Son of God. He believed it and by that faith he obeyed and, 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 and was obedient to the word that God gave him and out of that he created a new system by which salvation came unto man and brought salvation unto everybody so that the man that comes now and says, My God, I hear this word. I feel this unction in my heart. I believe this. Then you experience that 
power. Amen. So I want to just say this. You know, when it comes to faith, it is not God being nasty, saying, well, you know, you must now believe, and if you don't believe, then you're going to now go to hell. It's not it. It is God restored us to our original, to, to His original plan for us. And He has set you free. Under the law, you weren't functioning by faith, you know, towards God. You were functioning by works. And then He came and He restored man. That man can believe again. So don't see it as, well, you know, what a cursed thing that God do. No, see, what a blessing. You're not an animal. You're in the image of God. Isn't it wonderful to, to, to come to a place where you can be persuaded? And you say, man, I really believe this. And it produces joy in your heart. And then you function by that and walk by the power of that persuasion. Let's go to, and we end off with this, with this verse in Proverbs. Listen to this. How God made man. Proverbs chapter 20, chapter 4, verse 20. It says, My son, attend to my word, incline your ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. The Bible says, With the heart we believe unto righteousness. We take the word, we put it in our heart. For they are life unto them that find them, and health to all their flesh. In other words, what do you do? You take the word, you put it in your heart. For the word has got the ability to heal you and to keep you well. It says, keep your heart. In other words, once you've placed the word in your heart, once you're persuaded of this very word that you hear, keep your heart with all diligence. In other words, don't allow another word into your heart. Put away from you a fraud mouth and perverse lips put, a, put far from you. Um, let thine eyes look right on and let thy eyelids look straight before thee. In other words, once you've, you've, you've taken this, you know, it, it is, just keep it in the midst of your heart because this is what the end of verse 23 says. For out of it, out of your heart, are the forces that drive your life. So the way God made a man is this way. God made Adam so that the word, his word could be dumped into his spirit, that he could be persuaded of this, and then that word that he believes will be in his heart, will be the force that drives his life. And what Satan came and did was, he gave another word, dumped that into the heart of man, so that that word could be the force that drives his life, and that is the word of condemnation and death. And he did, that as, he did that to Adam as a representative of all of man. So Jesus Christ came and he got something new. He got a new word. A word that says, this is the word that's dumped into your heart. And as you believe, you find that life that flows. So the word is dumped into your heart. Guard your heart above everything. And then you'll find the power of that word driving your life from your very being. So... To believe is a godly attribute. To have faith is to be in the image of God. To have faith is to say, I am a free person. The only thing why it took so long, why people lived so long under the law is, God in the fullness of time, when He knew it was the best, came and gave His Son. If He would have given His Son the very next day, you know, in our time, it, that wouldn't have been a big problem in our eyes. You know, but God knows better and He came in the fullness of time and gave his son. So I want to say this to you. Never fall into the trap of saying we don't have to believe everybody's saved. 
that is robbing you from your godly right to function like God. And for God to say that man doesn't have to believe, you know, would be saying, well, I've made them a, a lot of puppets, I've made them animals, you know, and th- they don't have any choice, let them just be. That is not how God made us. God is a being that chooses, God is a being that functions by faith, and I believe that is why we need to believe. And the reason why under the Old Testament, you know, the people didn't have to believe, you know, to get into that was actually because what they could believe, there was nothing they could believe. So they just stayed in what Adam did for them. You know? In the New Testament, there's something that can be believed. We're back at the place of, this is a tree of life. This is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Remember, God took man out of the Garden of Eden. There was no access to the tree of life. All you could believe in is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But now what he did was, he brought us back into that garden and gave us, the, gives us the choice. This is, this is it and this is it. Now Jesus Christ, on behalf of man, he is the tree of life and forevermore we will be in that place of uh, um, righteousness if we believe. But everyone still has a choice. And I want to say it this way. If Adam and Eve had children in the Garden of Eden, say they had a thousand kids, every one of them, every one of them would stand before that decision to say, am I going to eat of the tree of life? How do we eat? We believe. Jesus says, if you eat my flesh, you will live forevermore. Jesus also says, if you believe in me, you will live forevermore. So how do we eat of Jesus Christ? By believing on him. So how do you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? By believing on it. How do you eat of the tree of life? By believing on it. That's it. So that's the way God made man from the beginning. Then God in wisdom said, let me take away the tree of life. So that man doesn't eat of the tree of life in the state of death. Let me first recreate man and bring life to man so that man can stand at the place we say from a point of righteousness because righteousness is towards everybody. I can now believe and say, I believe that Jesus Christ did this for me. And then in such a way, partake of the tree of life. Now, if you don't eat of the tree of life, and I believe this even in the Garden of Eden, why was the tree of life there? So that you could live forevermore. So if you don't eat of the tree of life, what would happen? You would die. That's it. You had to eat of the tree of life. And it's the same today. It has been recreated. That is a salvation plan of God. So don't see, well, you know, if we must believe as weakness. It's the power of God. Hallelujah. For whosoever believe that they might be made the children of God. Let's read that. I'm going to end off again. Man, I still want to say some things. If that tape runs out, that's now, sorry. Let's go to, um, to John. John chapter 1 verse 12. It says, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power. What is received there? It means to grab a hold of, to make use of. That is to believe. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become or to receive the being of the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So I want to tell you, God has come and He has recreated everything, brought righteousness to man, like with Adam. And what can happen now is, the only difference between you and Adam is, you are not the representative of man, bless God. Thank God for that, and I am not that. And what we can do right now is we can say, there's a tree of life, here's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is the law system, and we today hear the word of grace that says the following. This is the word of grace. 
In this tree you live forevermore and you never die. Because that tree is for every man and unto every man whosoever wants to partake of it. And then here is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you can eat of it. If you eat of it, you will surely die. And you will die forevermore. If you continue to eat of that tree. So, what happens now? What are you going to do today? Are you going to say, thank you God for restoring man. Having the privilege to function by faith. Now, faith is not something you do to get God to save you. Faith is something that comes up in your heart as you hear the word of grace. And as that persuasion comes in your heart, you know, you, you know this is what I've seen so many times. When people hear the word and they feel that persuasion. They get persuaded of a truth, but their mind says, man, this is wrong, which is a law mentality. Then they stop the word that can persuade them and they stop to listen to it. That's it. So are you going to allow that full persuasion and just hear that grace and hear that grace, and hear that grace, and hear that grace, and find that faith rising, and rising in your heart as a result of the Word of God. It's not difficult to have faith, it's easy. Just continue to look at the tree of life. Continue to look at the tree of life, and see that life flow, that awesome power flow. And as you see that life, you'll find great persuasion, you'll find the power of what you see manifesting in your life as you persuade about that, and as you find your mind goes into rest concerning what God has done for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, the reason, let's put it in short, the reason why, um, why we need a belief is not because God is weak, it's because God has restored us fully. Hallelujah. And that gives peace to me. That, you know what that, what that brought in me when I saw that yesterday? Is, I said, Lord, tell me more that I can believe. Tell me more. What an awesome, exciting thing. All of a sudden, I don't find faith as this thing of, okay, let me hear it and see as if I, will, as if I can believe it. No, no, I say, I have got all ability to believe. I, this, the measure of faith has been given to me. The measure of faith has already been given to me in fullness. The Bible says that measure given because we can believe the same thing as what God believes. What does God believe about me? I can't believe that. And that's how God has made me. I don't want to have things outside of faith. I'll feel I'm robbed if I cannot believe. I want to function by faith. I don't want to function just by knowledge. I want to function by persuasion of what Christ has done for me. I don't want to function by anything else. I don't want somebody to say, well, you know, you see this physical miracle that's happened here? That truth is now what what you must function by. No, what a low form of living. I want to function by being persuaded of what God has done. And that persuasion comes by hearing His Word and the power of His Holy Spirit. Because when I am persuaded of that, I am living the God life in this world. I'm living to my full potential. I'm living as God made Adam, as Jesus was on the planet. And when you saw Jesus, you saw the Father and He lived by faith. Amen. And what must we believe? Not what we must get, but what we've got. 